Welcome to the Swimming From Home talk show. I'm here with UNC Associate Head Coach Jack Brown. Um, so yeah, Jack, I guess first off, if you could just take me through your kind of last few weeks with, with your team. You guys had conference meets on the men's and women's sides. If you want to, you know, maybe recap that and then kind of tell me how, how this all escalated for you. So it was, um, we came off of both a fantastic women's and men's conference meets. Um, you know, halfway through the year, we sat down and made some goals for, with the teams and the team's goals were on the men's side to finish seventh. And then the women's side was to finish fourth. And we were successful in doing that, um, at both meets. So we, we met what we were trying to do and, um, it took uh, some pretty big, you know, achievements to do that and, and, and progress. So our men had to double their point total in order to do that. Um, our women had to move up considerably and, you know, we were really, really proud with how we finished the year. Um, we kind of looked at it overall and we were in terms of the primary three events are, we were 83% lifetime best on the year, which was, we were really, really pleased with that. Um, and, you know, so we came off that, um, we had, you know, over twice as many NCAA um, qualifiers as we did last year. So we had 11 total between the men and the women, eight and three. Um, and so we were really excited. We also did a long course meter time trial that was actually in between the women's and the men's meet. We used it as kind of a stinger for the men getting ready for their meet. And then also the women who just came off their meet went and we had eight new trials cuts at that meet, which was really awesome. Kind of, especially with some of the women who were exhausting, like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then all of a sudden punched their ticket, which was great. Um, that was done at the carry pool. And um, there were a lot of the ACC teams there, which was cool. So, you know, after that, we moved into our last chance and did that and had some great results there, punched, you know, another ticket at that meet for one of um, our freshmen. And then we came off that and, you know, we found ourselves in, um, in the week before women's and CLAs, we found ourselves in spring break. And, you know, campus was empty. Um, things were really, really slow. And so, you know, after getting some feedback from the team, um, we decided to pack up the vans for a few days and we actually went to Wilmington, North Carolina, the beach and hung out for three days and got some sun or it was two and a half days and got some sun practice there at UNC Wilmington and um, really just had some awesome time to kind of connect and bond with both the men's and the women's team that were there. That was really, really special and really kind of a cool time to get to know them a little bit more as people. Um, we had like an Airbnb for the women, an Airbnb for the men, Airbnb for the coaches. So the teams really got to kind of come together and, you know, we had, um, you know, 14 women there. So they were having that environment or sorry, 12 women there, but having that environment where they could kind of come together and uh, be in one house really, I think was starting to set up the season pretty spectacularly. Um, you know, we came back on Wednesday and then on Thursday, things kind of started to look pretty bleak. That was when, you know, we started hearing news about the NBA and then, you know, NHL was to follow that. And then once you kind of knew that pro sports was starting to cancel, you kind of got the idea that this was going to force the hand of everything else. And so, um, you know, um, our NCAA swimmers came to us and they said, what do you think? Is it going to get canceled? And we said, you know, this is completely out of our hands. The only thing that we can do right now is control what we can control. And we have to go on as if this is going to happen until we know it's not. And so it was really a lesson in taking things day by day. Um, 
and just doing the best you can in any one practice. And we were swimming really, really fast. We were ready to do it. And, um, and so then, you know, the news came and we actually found out about halfway through practice, we were in the water when we got the news and, um, you know, just in the, the spirit of being honest with them, we pulled them out and just said, we're not going to finish today's practice. You guys need to know it'd be, it would be completely ridiculous of this for, to keep them in the water for another hour, knowing that, you know, the ACC's pulled out and it's like, okay. So, you know, it's kind of like that's, that wouldn't have been good. So, you know, initially we really worked to find a time to have them have their final opportunity to swim. And we were going to do kind of an unofficial time trial at our pool. Um, but with some reflection as a coaching staff and also the fact that um, one of our swimmers was sick, not with Corona, but had been sick. And then we had another swimmer who had kind of interacted with some people who had had it or had her family had interacted with some people who had, had it. We decided that we weren't going to go through with that, um, which was a really, really hard thing. It was very touch and go where the information we were getting, you know, every five minutes was changing. And, you know, we were, I was really grateful to the team because they were really resilient. They actually came in the next day after all this was canceled and they wanted the chance to go again. They were like, we want to see what we can do. And um, that was really cool. You know, the hard part for about six of our women was, is that they didn't even shave for conference because they had already punched their ticket in November. And so including one senior who, you know, she shaved for conference, but was not fully rested. And, you know, she, that opportunity for her is kind of gone forever, you know, and that's, that's what really, really hurts. Um, and I really, really feel for her. And, um, but for the others, you know, I, I do feel for them as well, but at least they get another chance next year. Um, and so, but, you know, in perspective, our team had grown so much this year um, from where we believe that they kind of started and, and their belief in our process that we set out to them and how much they engaged in it. And it was, it's so hard because we got to the end of the season and we don't have that final data point. And that final data point is so important because it really kind of informs where you need to go from here. It's like it informs what's worked, what worked well, what didn't work. It informs kind of, you know, what your team's like at a big championship meet, how much more, you know, team building do you need, or do we need to work on our anxiety at big meets or stuff like that. And the other thing that's frustrating is, you know, as a staff, we 100% believe that our women's team and our men's team, the guys who qualified, we're going to do something really special. Our women, you know, swimming as fast as they did at conference, they were going right off their lifetime best or lifetime best unshaved. And we were like, man, they're about to blow up. And then, and they didn't get that opportunity. And so now there's a challenge in front of us. It's like, how do you take the step forward that you were about to take, but you didn't get to take? You know what I mean? It's like, how do you internalize the success that you almost had or were about on the verge of having, but you didn't actually have it. So now it's like, well, do we just keep moving forward as if we had that success and pretend that we had it? Or do we need to kind of dial it back and take the next logical step and have that success in November of next year or whenever we get our next opportunity? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it, it's kind of, and that's a question that, you know, we're still wrangling with Mark and I are still wrangling with and the rest of the staff and um, we're figuring out the best way to kind of um, 
prepare them and motivate them and get them back on track and optimistic and excited for next year. And um, that's kind of where we're focused right now. So um, it was kind of a really gut wrenching time. The, the hard part, the hardest part was, is that you kind of, it was almost like you were waiting around for an execution just because you knew that the ax was going to fall. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. I mean, it was inevitable that something was going to happen, whether it was the spectators or whether it was, you know, something. And, and then it came and it was kind of like, you know, as coaches, we, I don't think, I think by the time we got the news, we weren't surprised, but the swimmers, I think were still like, there's no way that this could possibly be a reality. And, and at the time it seemed so crazy, but now that we've been in it for so long and we've seen how far reaching the ramifications of everything have been, I mean, it, it seems more reasonable now. I think you can kind of look back and say, well, you know, I think it adds more perspective to, to what, ha what is happening in our world for sure. Definitely. So, <clears throat> so I mean, with that perspective of what's happening in the world now, mm -hmm. um, how, how are you interacting, you know, as a coaching staff with your athletes? So, you know, the way that we're kind of choosing to look at this is, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be inconsiderate of anyone's struggle that they're going through in their lives right now, because I know that there are a lot of really hard things that people are dealing with and processing, whether it's financially, whether, especially with health wise, health of relatives, personal health, all of that stuff. I know that there's anxiety about kind of the state of the world and stuff, but at the same time, one of the things that we've really tried to kind of connect and embrace with our athletes is take this time to, to interact with them more as people first. And, well, that's that's always been our philosophy but it's so much now that swimming is kind of on the back burner we've really been able to kind of dial in and focus on them and their school first of all because a lot of them are experiencing a lot of challenges when it comes to online learning just because they're not that's not what they signed up for it's like I don't take online classes because I know I'm not good at them and it's like okay well then we need to come up with some plans for you and put some routines in place that are going to help you be successful and then at the same time, um, you know, one of the things I've kind of challenged all the athletes that I've been talking to to work on is I want them to first off understand that this is if they're at home with their families, with which a lot of them are, this is probably the longest that they'll spend with their families in one place again for the rest of their lives. And that's a huge blessing. And you have to take it as such. It's like, you know, if you're home for six weeks right now or seven weeks, like once you get out of college and you go onto a job and you do all that stuff, you're never going to have a chance like this with your family ever again. And that, that is a blessing. You have to look at it that way. I've also challenged all of my swimmers that, um, to find something in their lives that maybe they gave up for swimming or that they have a passion or interest for and really invest in that. So whether that's, I've talked to a couple who've really dove into painting again, and they're like, I used to love to paint. I painted all the time and I just gave it up because of swimming, I just didn't have time for it anymore. But now I've picked it back up and I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, some people have kind of turned to basketball and it's like, I used to play basketball all the time and I, I haven't done it anymore. I play basketball every day now. And so, and then it was kind of funny this past week, I re-upped the challenge and I was like, who's already getting sick of the thing they picked? And some people raised their hand. I was like, okay, well, it's time to press yourself and find something else. Some people are trying to learn how to cook from their parents. I mean, it's really kind of a lot of really different cool ideas um, to watch people kind of venture forth into new avenues and explore some new things. 
the way that we have chosen to go about it as a staff is we have a group meeting um, and we have divided it up based off the classes. So our freshmen have a meeting, our sophomores have a meeting, our juniors have a meeting, our seniors have a meeting. Um, and so that is kind of an hour long. It starts off maybe with some more general points about plans and um, checking in with school and stuff like that. And then we've kind of, it's evolved every week a little bit. Um, this was actually the first week that we really talked about swimming um, at all. And so we've really just been focused on them as people and their schoolwork first and coming up with some good routines. And then now we're really starting to get into kind of looking forward to next year and, and dreaming a little bit about what we want next year to look like and um, what we want to accomplish next year. And then we kind of follow those up at, as coaches with some individual calls throughout the week. So each kind of athlete has a group chat where they get to see their teammates and all that stuff. And then also interact with the coaches one-on-one. -on -one. So. Yeah. What, what have, what do you feel like you have gained from, from that kind of interaction? It's been, so we have this process that um, we created that, well, it started off when I was at Mizzou and then um, Coach Gangloff and I have brought it here. And it's kind of like a, um, it's basically like a six question process to kind of create a roadmap moving forward um, to basically accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish. And so the first question is, is what do you want to accomplish? You got to be really, and that's a hard question to answer um, right now, especially, but we've kind of forced all of them to do it. Um, and something that's, and it has to be kind of a performance and outcome based focus. So times, um, places, all of that stuff, like you want, uh, making NCAAs, very definable measures of success. And then the second question that we ask them is why? Like, why is that the, why is that your goal why do you want that now and then also more globally like why are you swimming and why swim why swimming and it's been really cool because i remember in my call on monday where we had asked this question you know one one of the guys opened up and said i've never sat down and thought about that i've never sat down and thought about why i swim and he's 20 years old and it was so cool to hear kind of their reasons for why they do what they do and and that will and and have it not just be like a one-off conversation where everyone's throwing some allowing everyone to speak for five minutes or five to eight minutes and then following up with them one-on-one -on -one and talking about it even more so that was really cool it's also i've kind of really gotten to figure out what people what people really value um based off of kind of where they're putting their energy right now and what's giving them energy back. So, so many people have talked about how much their family means to them and how they've realized that they need to connect with their family more throughout the year. Um, and, you know, there's been so many cool conversations about that stuff where I'm learning about people's siblings and, you know, their family dynamics and stuff like that, where when I'm just checking in with them and um, I've just been really, really grateful for all these interactions and, you know, it, it is also helping us learn what worked this year, what didn't work, what we can improve on next year as, as both swimmers and as a coaching staff. Um, so it's been really, really informative and, and truthfully, you know, again, this is, these are trying times, but it also, I believe has been a really positive experience um, in a lot of ways in our interactions with the athletes. And certainly I think in their interactions with us. Yeah. So how, how have you personally been spending your time outside of coaching responsibilities? So um, 
again, you know, kind of going back to the, the blessings piece of this. So I actually have a five month old daughter um, and especially coming off of the month of February um, where I was gone for both conferences, the last chance meet, and then I was gone at the beach for our little training trip. You know, I think over a 28 day period, I was gone for like 21 or 22 days or something like that, or at least at a meet. And so, you know, I've really kind of used this time to really invest in her and kind of being a dad. It's really been quite amazing. My parents kind of said to me, you know, you are getting a chance to spend more time with your daughter than most people, most dads when they have a five month old. Sorry, I got to turn this off real quick. <laughs> You're hearing my baby monitor. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's asleep right now. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's just been such a blessing to have that time with her. Um, on another note, you know, I've kind of tried to take what the what the same advice that I gave to the kids um, about trying some new things. So it has, and the other part of that in trying new things is that um, I've really tried to kind of invest in my relationship with my wife as well, just because we're together all the time now. And so we've tried to come up with some ways to do some different stuff together. So I've actually started doing yoga and um, stuff like that. And we've kind of come up with a workout routine together, which we never really used to do together, which has been nice. One of the things that I've been putting off for a while um, is, you know, after I finished my dissertation, I kind of was overwriting, um, didn't want to do it anymore, but now I've kind of started writing a book. And so that's been something that I've been spending some time doing, um, getting my ideas on into the computer and stuff like that on a piece of paper. So, um, and then just making sure that I spend enough time outside and work out so that I can be happy and, um, and healthy and just kind of taken it as a, again, as an opportunity to how often in our lives do we get to have a six to eight week period where, you know, we get to step away from what we're doing. It doesn't mean that we're not working. It just means that we step away from what we, tr our traditional routine. And when I think when we step away, we have an opportunity to reflect and learn and grow in so many different ways because we're not stuck in the monotony of the grind as everyone loves to call it. Right. And, you know, you can choose to view this as a burden and, oh, we're getting behind and we're getting out of shape. Or you can choose to view this as a chance to have not only yourself reflect and how you can be a better coach, but also have your athletes reflect on how they can be more effective as athletes. And the way, you know, I was telling you before we started was it's kind of like how many athletes do we coach who have a serious injury and they're out for two or three months. And then within a 12 month period or nine months later, they come back and they're better than they ever were. And I believe part of the reason they're able to do that is because they're able to step away and look at things from an outside perspective and say, I make, I make this thing too much of a big deal. Or, oh, is that what it looks like when someone's not trying? Like in practice, like you can see it. And so having this time to kind of rediscover your why and your passion, um, I think is really good. And so right now with our goal setting and, and talking about our whys, we're kind of trying to stoke that flame so that when the athletes do come back, whenever we do get to come back, they're going to be really fired up and excited to be back and thrilled to be back in the water. And um, I think that that's kind of where we're at and what we're trying to do, which is awesome. Yeah. So uh, backing up a little bit, what okay. can, can you explain to me what you got your dissertation in? So I, I got my PhD in sports psychology. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, so while I was at Mizzou, I was um, also kind of the director of like mental performance for the swim team. So I was kind of in charge of all of that stuff and kind of the policies and goals that we put into place, all the mental conditioning and stuff. Um, and it kind of, what, what I did changed year by year based off of what the team's needs were. But um, yeah, that was something I've been working on for the last, I mean, I started grad school in 2011. I didn't graduate till last year. So um, for eight years. So uh, that was a real kind of life goal that for me to complete that I was, it was a couple of times I wasn't sure I was ever going to get it done. But um, thanks to some great coaches and advisors, uh, they kind of pushed me past the finish line, even when I wasn't ready to do it myself. So it was good. Yeah. Have you, I guess, other than what we have already discussed, do you Mm -hmm. feel that you have been able to use, you know, what you worked on during your dissertation um, in, in, during this time? For for sure. I mean, so much of what, so my dissertation um, was actually about um, coach behavior and coach education and how it impacts coaches and, and kind of the mechanisms through which coaches improve their coaching practice. And, Mm -hmm really the number one mechanism through which coaches improve is through reflection. And so again, having this opportunity to reflect is so critical. Um, But in part of my dissertation, I I did a review on what makes an effective coach. And so much of it is focused on this, like this coach athlete dyad, this relationship that we have with our athletes. And so having this connection. And so, you know, have, like I said, it goes back to, and this is, I was, we were so lucky because right from the start, coach Gangloff was like, I don't, we're not worried about swimming. Like, forget it. We're not going to force them to do dry land. We're just, you know, if they want activity, we'll give them activity, but that's because they want it. And because they feel like they need it to get outside and be active and feel good about themselves. We're going to focus on these people, on people first, make sure that they're set up to be successful in school. And then, we can move forward from there as we kind of get going and we can start doing more swimming related stuff as the conversation evolves. So that's pretty cool. Um, well, cool. Any, any closing thoughts you got, maybe, um, thoughts you've got on, on moving forward through this? Well, it, my final thought, I guess would really evolve around, everything you know when we watch the news every night because my wife is in the medical field and she loves hearing about kind of the numbers of where everything's at and how everything's being handled and they always update what it's like on the front lines and all that stuff and I think she really identifies with that but when you see that stuff it's you know obviously there are some amazing people in the world that are doing some amazing things right now but it it does can feel bleak at times um but I, I do believe that there are, you know, kind of two lessons to learn from this in a goal. There are so many things that people are doing now that are different to that in order to connect with other people. So for instance, I've had Zoom calls and Google Hangouts and House Party, the app meetings with all sorts of groups of friends that I haven't kept up with in months. I haven't talked to them in months or a year. And then all of a sudden I've been in like connection with them. I've been FaceTiming my parents at at least every other day. And 
I've noticed how much joy that's brought me as a person and, you know, little things like my wife and I figuring out that, Hey, we should actually go sit on our patio that we never use. And it's like, these are small things that make a big difference and can really impact our lives. And I see so many people using technology for the right reasons now, like to actually foster connections rather than just being on Instagram mindlessly scrolling. Right. So I, I think that there are lessons to be learned that I hope we don't forget once we're back kind of into real world of the normal grind, whatever it is. I think that there are joyful lessons that we can take. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, despite all of this, I think that we do have to keep looking forward and being optimistic. So I do think that one of the things that when we were goal setting athletes said was really hard. It's really hard to set a goal because I don't know what the future entails. I don't know what anything's going to look like. And it's like, I understand what you're saying, but we have to plan as if there's going to be a championship season next year until we know that there's not going to be a championship season next year. That's just what we have to do. And we can always make modifications to what we want, but we need to move forward optimistic and hopeful and excited for what the future can bring and have that kind of out in front of us, knowing that it's coming and looking forward to it rather than just constantly living in this sense of, um, I don't know what's coming. And that's kind of a mentality where you can get trapped pretty easily if you allow that to keep going. And again, I know that there are people going through some really hard things right now. And I really feel for those people. But um, for our athletes, we're really trying to kind of preach this message of optimism and hope. And um, it's, I think that they're excited and really looking forward to the future. So. Oh, and I have one final point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she might cry because she's eating. <laughs> Come here. Come here. So this is Finley. Oh. Hi, Finley. Say hi to the swimming world. Hi, hi. Finley. Hi. So this has been my day in, day out. This is my <laughs> this is what I've been staying busy doing. So oh <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, how's it going? well that was a great closing note (laughs) um well awesome thank you so much for your time jack all right thank you man appreciate it